Hello everyone, what is up? Welcome once again to the Jay's Heronka Podcast. And today we're talking about Birds of Prey, which is a movie that was released actually recently. The full title is uh, supposed to be Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of um, Harley Quinn. And uh, for those of you who don't know, because I didn't know either, so I had to research. The word emancipation means something like, you know, separation. And of course, it's fitting because it's um, like the separation of... It's like the separation of Harley Quinn from the Joker. Um, this was, again, a movie released recently. Uh, I believe January 25, 2020 was the theatrical release. Uh, this was just... Um, one month or, you know, really just one month away from the world going to a global pandemic. Um, oh, by the way, let's acknowledge the situation. Um, we're all gonna get through this. I know it's hard times for, for a lot of people, um, in the world, but we are gonna get through this. Let's just all follow what the scientists say. Let's follow what the World Health Organization say. Uh, let's all stay at home. Let's honor our uh, frontliners who are working in the medical field Um, any extra we have let us donate and then of course let us practice social and physical distancing Um, let us uh, do the proper hygiene especially our hand hygiene you know that we should wash our hands for more than 20 seconds let us do this for each other let's do this for for our friends and our family and for the people who are thousands of miles away from us we are you know anything you do we are now living in really this one world one planet anything you do will affect uh, the people that are you know thousands of miles away from you and so uh yeah let's continue it was intriguing to me because of course harley quinn is one of the best characters in dc he is always interesting um she's a great character also in general i'm just always on the lookout for um any movies even tv shows that dc will do i'm a big superhero fan i want both dc and marvel to succeed actually anyone who's sort of releasing you know a a superhero story i know there's people who are not fans of this kinds of genre who think there's already too much superhero movies and tv shows out there but you know i want the others to succeed too i just there's a lot of potential in the superhero stories and there's a lot of great stories that are already out there aside from the ones that we know so i hope they succeed and i hope they're just released properly you know whether it's a film or tv or comic book or novel so anyway uh harley quinn birds of prey it's very interesting but then i started hearing some not so great things about this movie particularly um i heard critics love it but you know it still gets sort of a mixed reviews with critics and also, it did not do very well in the box office. And it always blows my mind if a movie is a good movie, but does not do well in the box office. It's it's actually more common than, than you think. So, what we're going to do today, I'm going to do a non-spoiler review of, of Birds of Prey. And then I'm going to do a spoiler review, which again, I will 
a signal by by saying spoiler alert three times and then we're going to talk about the financials specifically uh, i did extensive research on this uh for for my for all of you my listeners of this podcast around the world and of course i also did it for myself because again i'm very curious what why would a good movie really fail in the box office right like what are the reasons why it happens and so i actually found seven reasons why you know here here it is i found seven reasons why birds of prey failed in the box office by the way seven reasons is that 13 reasons why i think it's 13 reasons why i watched the first uh, let's do a quick review and watch the first season um it was hard to watch, but I actually like it. You know, you can, I, I you know, you, could, you I recommend it. Go ahead and watch it. Um, second season, I heard some not so good, you know, things about it, such as like harsh rape scenes. I haven't seen season two, so yeah, I'm still contemplating if I want to watch Thirteen Reasons Why season two. Um, so anyway, also this season when ending was already satisfying for me, so. So yeah, I'm still contemplating if I'm going to watch season 2. And so anyway, going back, yeah, we're going to talk about the seven reasons why Birds of Prey failed on its financials and its box office. And then of course, we're going to go into the Jay's ratings. What score, you know, overall score did I give to this movie and also what are the score of the other critic sites, you know, a movie review also aggregate sites like Rotten Tomatoes, like Metacritic, like IMDb. So yeah, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna do. We're gonna do it. We're gonna review Birds of Prey, and then we're gonna talk about the financials. Here it is. Before we start, please do support my podcast. Give us a five star rating on your favorite podcast platform also please give us a direct donation via paypal any amount of money will be a very big help for us right now um i'm gonna put the a donate link on the description page of this episode and of course now we're gonna start with the uh non-spoiler review of uh birds of prey so here it is no spoilers I mean, personally, I think they made a lot of mistakes in in Birds of Prey. They made a lot of mistakes in both the overall story and and narration of the movie, as well as mistakes in marketing the movie itself. Uh, I could see why this did not hit the box office numbers that they were expecting. Action scenes, you know, the action, the fight scenes... Uh, car chase scenes, uh, action choreography, all that. Action scenes is one of the strengths of DC. Um, I see good action scenes in DC movies with both the the good movies and the bad movies that they produced in the fast in the past uh, in the past few years. That there were there were two great fight scenes in this movie. Uh, two or three, they all involved Harley Quinn. Unfortunately, the finale fight scene was very mediocre, um, which is unfortunate because the finale fight scene is what's you know it's what's gonna stick to the minds 
of the viewers, um, I would actually prefer the reverse wherein you had maybe a bunch of mediocre fight scenes throughout the movie and then the finale one is really good. And um, there, there, there's actually a lot, some movies like that. Um, I've seen some martial arts movies like that. So yeah, I would prefer that because again, it's it's the it's what remains in the minds of the viewers, especially right after living leaving the cinema, right after watching the movie. Um, so in both in both making the movie and marketing the movie, I think Birds of Prey should have focused more on the other Birds of Prey characters and not just Harley Quinn because they really focused in on Harley Quinn and I think the other characters were interesting too um, they were just not given a chance I actually see the reason why they focus on Harley Quinn um, we're gonna discuss more of this later on especially in the financials part of my review but like in, in 2016 when Suicide Squad was released um, everyone, ev- ev- literally everyone was saying Harley Quinn was the best part of this movie of, of Suicide Squad. So obviously, now that they're, they're going to make Birds of Prey, which is, at, the very, at least according to Wikipedia, it's, it, it's a sequel or a spin-off of Suicide Squad. Of course, they're going to focus on Harley Quinn because that's what everyone's saying. Everyone's saying that Harley Quinn is the best part of, of the Suicide Squad. It's the best part of the movie. But... Uh, again, late, later on when we talk about financials, I'm going to give some reasons why it's not just Harley Quinn that really hooked in a lot of viewers in, in Suicide Squad such that it was such a big box office success even if the movie is not that great, honestly, for Suicide Squad. Uh, this... Again, this was, this was a, bet, a better movie than Suicide Squad, but Obviously, Suicide Squad smashed this, smashed Birds of Prey in the box office. And um, the villain in this movie is okay. It's actually played by Ewan McGregor. Um, he also played, you know, it's kind of funny that he also played um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi is uh, the villain of Harley Quinn, right? Um, he played a very generic nut job, you know, crazy villain. However, you would really never feel he was a threat to Harley Quinn and the gang. So, yeah, he was not he was not like a scary villain or a worthy advis- adversary. So, so that's obviously not, you know, that that's obviously not a, a good a good thing, especially in the in a superhero story, you want your superhero movies to be especially at this day, at you know, at at this time with all the great Marvel movies that we have seen. We want really Although Marvel is not that great either when it comes to villains, I think that they can they have some improvements to do in the villains, um, in the villains of Marvel. But uh, this villain is definitely you know the, the 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 villain here in Birds of Prey, Ewan McGregor. Um, I think his name is Black. His name is Black Mask. In this movie, he is a a sort of mafia mob boss again who's crazy but he was not really a, a big threat you can see that he's not that smart or Mach- machiavellian he didn't give any real threat to to harley quinn or to any of the birds of prey so you know not not a lot of tension if your villain is not that great 
but despite all the criticisms that I just mentioned, it this was a fun movie. It was entertaining. I love it. I enjoyed, you know, watching it. And so, yeah, that is the spoiler review. I mean, that is the end of our non-spoiler review, which means now I have to mention spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert three times because we are now going to the Birds of Prey review with spoilers. So here is it. Birds of Prey spoiler review. Okay. The movie starts with, um, of course, with Harley Quinn. Uh, the Joker breaks up with Harley Quinn, uh, throwing her out in the streets of Gotham City. Uh, by the way, this movie is in Gotham City, and I ap- appreciate that they didn't mention, I think they didn't mention Gotham City at all in this movie because we've already had too much of Gotham City uh, so far. I mean, like, we literally have a TV show named Gotham, uh, the latest uh, highly acclaimed Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. It was, of course, set in Gotham. Um, like, I think, you know, the Suicide Squad, it was... I don't know if it was set in Gotham, but we just have a lot of Gotham Gotham already uh, in the recent years, and they didn't mention it that much here, and I appreciate that. Um, and so there was a lot of people coming after Harley Quinn throughout the movie, which was actually very much fun. Most of the time, she doesn't even know the reason why they are coming after her. Um, she is taken in by Doc, who is a Taiwanese, and he owns a restaurant, and... Uh, the way Harley Quinn re- recovers from the relationship is uh, she cut her hair. She adopted a spotted hyena, which actually, uh, it's by the way, it's fun. I mean, it's fun to have a hyena as a pet. I just, I just thought about that. Especially now that I actually have watched the first episode of Tiger King. So anyway, Harley Quinn adopted a spotted hyena. She also took up roller roller skating, roller derby. Um, by the way, this is something, I believe it was not mentioned in the movie, I might have missed it. The, the hyena is like named Bruce Wayne, I believe, so which is crazy. Um, of course, the entire movie is narrated by, by Harley Quinn, and even in this opening scenes, even in the first five to 10 minutes of the movie, there was too much Harley Quinn. And, like, she's in the scene. She is narrating. She is breaking the fourth wall. Uh, talking to the camera. Literally winking to us, the audience. Um, too much of a good thing is still too much. Like, uh, I love coffee, for instance. Whether it's the classic hot coffee with just typical hot water and coffee and and creamer and sugar i i love that i also love iced coffee i also love one of those uh starbucks you know frappuccino coffees i just love coffee but if you give me three glasses of coffee right now i i don't like coffee anymore at the moment like if you give me three glasses of coffee i don't like it anymore and that's how i felt you know watching the first 10 minutes of this film there was just um there's too too much harley quinn and uh, one of the early scenes that we see is harley 
blows up DA's chemical plant and this is her way to publicly announce her and the and her breakup with Joker. This is relevant because in this universe, this is the universe uh, of the 80s and 90s Batman, you know, movies wherein Joker fell in the chemical plant and that's why he became what he is. And so Harley Quinn did the same thing uh, to him to herself aside from getting I believe he Joker electrocuted um her head. So now I think the DC movies are operating in these two universes. Uh, this is the first universe wherein it's sort of um, a combination of the early 80s and 90s Batman movies and also the Batman an- animated series, which is where, where Harley Quinn actually came from, where she or- originated. She didn't originate in the in the comics which is again another unique thing i think all the other comic book characters that we see now in movies and tv i think they all originated in comics um and so so that's our first universe the universe here which is very 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 fun very cartoony universe um and then we have the second universe which is the super gritty super serious ultra uni uh realistic universe um, it's the same universe where the Christian Bale Batman happened. I'm I'm in in the belief that it's probably the same universe where the Joaquin Phoenix Joker uh, happened. And so, because uh, I like, I don't know if Joaquin Phoenix comes back as a Batman villain, as a as a villain to Robert Pattinson. I hope it happens because they, I believe Robert Pattinson and. Joaquin Phoenix are great actors. I hope they just, I hope I hope they come together, but like you know, I I I, I don't know. They might go to the more sort sort of comic book, child friendly ways in the upcoming, um, DC superhero movies. Um, they're they're gonna do it like like Marvel, which is not really very much serious and very gritty. So anyway. Going back, um, the Gotham City Police, uh, the Gotham City Police, uh, especially Rene Montoya, uh, who is another uh, major character, he actually, she chases Harley Quinn, but Harley escapes. Uh, she also knocked out a, I believe, a bacon and egg sandwich from Harley's hands, which is a small scene that will be paid off later. It's corny, but um, I don't mind it. And then Harley Quinn stated in a narration that we go to a flashback and how how we actually got here. Um, I would have preferred they didn't do a lot of the flashback scenes. Um, they did, I think, two. It's it's more than two. It's like three or four flashback scenes in the entire movie. Where it, we're in it's. The movie will show you a scene, and then it's gonna stop in the middle of the scene, and then it's gonna go back to something that happened days before. Um, I prefer they just told the plot in a straightforward way. The multiple flashback was, you know, it gets a little bit tedious in, in at times, and this is not a good thing to feel. 
especially in a movie that is less than two hours long. Um, if you Google Birds of Prey, the if official runtime is one hour and forty nine minutes, but that only in, that already included the 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 end credit scenes and and you know all those things. And so the the total runtime of the movie is really just around one one hour and thirty five, one hour and forty minutes. Um, and it, it, it's just it's really awful to feel tedious, uh, be, just because of their multiple flashbacks especially in a movie that is not you know that very long and so we have a scene wherein uh detective renee montoya investigates a series of uh, mob or mafia killings uh carried out by a crossbow wielding vigilante this is actually one of the coolest action scenes I have ever seen this year and uh what's cool about this scene is it's only a five second scene and that that's actually maximum and it's awesome the the vigilante shot four mob members in one second which i think i i don't know the exact gun she used i think she used a rifle so it was just sort of you know there's there's five people sitting at the bar and then she just went and just like killed four people in one second and then she pulled out her her crossbow just pointed it to the guy at the middle who for some reason she was able to left alive and just shoot the guy in the middle with a crossbow and of course killing killing um killing that guy and then um in the scene actually it's the scene where uh harley Harley Quinn's necklace was actually oh after that scene, it was the scene where the the, the the necklace of Harley Quinn was found at the explosion and so Montoya notes that Harley is in danger because um somehow the exploding of the chemical plantation it somehow sends the message to everyone and the police that Joker and Harley are now are now. Uh, broken up so around 22 to 25 minutes in the movie we have our first action scene which is actually a pretty awesome action scene Harley went into this police station looking for uh, Cassandra Kane. she has a shotgun that it really it doesn't kill the cops but it knocks them down the official description from wikipedia of the shotgun he she used as a firework inspired non-lethal grenade launcher and um it also fires red and blue smoke which makes the entire scene very harley quinn this action scene was well choreographed and it was funny it was very entertaining and um, I mean, we can all agree again that Marvel has an advantage over DC in the cinematic universe. But uh, so far, what DC has gotten right for both their again good movies like Aquaman and Wonder Woman, and their not so great movies like Batman vs Superman and The Man of Steel, is that their action sequences are pretty great. But then Harley Quinn, the narrator, cuts off the action scene, the great action scene, and once again goes back into a flashback. And as I mentioned, you know, it, it can get tedious. And then the, the flashback is one night Harley gets uh, drunk at a nightclub, and the, ad, the nightclub is owned by the 
main villain of the movie, Roman Sionis, once again played by Ewan McGregor. And um, she cripples her driver and... And so, and oh, oh by the way, um, once again, Ewan McGregor's character, Roman Sionis, uh, they had a scene about him also around the, around the first 10 to 15 minutes of the movie we're in. Uh, it shows that he likes to remove the, the like, literally, sk- like, skin your face, like, scrape the face out of your face um, if you did something bad to him. Uh, it was an interesting scene. And of course, he's also known as the Black Mask because he wears a black mask that is actually just a black uh, a black skeleton mask. But again, aside from that, he is not a very interesting character. He reminds me of Red Skull from Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, who is not my favorite villain also in Marvel. I think he's the weak, weak, one of the weaker villains of the Marvel um, Cinematic Universe. Although, man, I mean, I still remember him. I don't remember, like, I don't remember who the villain is in, and for example, um, in Guardians of the Galaxy Part 1. I don't even remember the villain there. Um, I don't remember the villain in the second Thor movie. So at least Red Skull is memorable to me. Um, Roman Sionis or Black Mask. I think he is actually more interesting than Red Skull, who is literally just a Red Skull. But what makes Red Skull compelling is he started a Hydra army and tried to conquer the world using guns that were energized by an alien technology, by the Tesseract. And of course, Hydra, Hydra was a big villain in the Marvel Universe, haunted the Marvel Universe for decades. Uh, Roman Sionis was... Again, not very special. He's not smart or Machiavellian. I even think there were scenes that were in. He was too emotional. You, again, you would never think he is a a genuine threat, a worthy adversary for Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. He doesn't present a genuine threat. And so that obviously sort of decreases the tension of the movie. And then um, Harley Quinn meets another major character who is the burlesque singer uh, Dina Lance. Is it Dina or Dinah? Or Dinah Lance, who later rescues Harley from being intoxicated when she was intoxicated and drunk. Roman is actually impressed by uh, Dina's skills and appointed her as his new driver. Um, Dina has a great superpower actually which they will reveal at the end of the movie but I think she should have used his superpower more than once in this movie as someone who's not familiar with the source material um, and there's actually millions of people there's millions of people around the world who are not familiar with the comics with the source material with Birds of Prey Literally, I thought that the skill of Dinah Lance was only, you know, the generic martial arts. Like, there was a scene, and it's not even a well-choreographed uh, martial arts scene wherein... Uh, it's the scene wherein she was rescuing Harley Quinn from getting kidnapped. Um, she fought two or three uh, random bad guys. And um, 
this you know seems like seems like that generic martial arts scenes it was cool in the 80s and the early 90s but it's not enough to make you cool in 2020 and so roman ewan mcgregor sends dinah and his sadistic right hand man uh victor's ass to retrieve a diamond and it's not just a diamond embedded inside the diamond itself you know so it these are like you know micro sort of um i don't know atomic levels of of details embedded inside the mic mi- uh inside the 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 diamond is the account numbers to the to the riches and fortunes of the Bertinelli crime family which was uh shown in a flashback they were massacred years ago this was actually one of the better flashback scenes in the movie and it was like the entire family including the children it seems in this scene they were all murdered and it reminds you of great movie of the great movie the godfather and the great tv show the sopranos and and so that was that was a great scene and then we meet uh finally we meet the young pickpocket cassandra or cass cassandra kane which is a great name by the way she steals the diamond from saz and uh actually swallows it after she is arrested um i at a young pickpocket cassandra looks like she's 13 um i don't know the real age of the actress this is obviously not a good influence to people watching uh but it was a good it was a cool scene um she was just walking at the street hopping and leaping um i think she was even humming a a beat i mean if you look at her he was just she was just a happy teenager and you wouldn't suspect her but guess what she already like like just walking across the street she already has your wallet she has your watches and your jewelry and presumably your mobile phones and most important she has the diamond from from zas and you know and it's obviously the most important diamond in gotham city and this scene again ends with Cass getting caught by the police but but then when she swallowed the diamond Harley stated in the narration that this makes things very complicated, obviously. And, um... And so we go back again into the present time. I don't know if it's like a flashback or a present, present time. Once again, there's, you know, the, the flashback and the scenes, you know, jumping across the time. It just makes things confusing. And now we go back to the scene wherein Harley Quinn was, like, trying to escape Montoya and, um... Others who have sort of others that she have wronged in the past and trying to kill her. She was actually captured by the men of Roman. And so Saz informs Roman that Cassandra the kid has the diamond. And uh, by the way, it's not very realistic that Roman did not kill Saz in the scene because obviously. It was his fault that that the the kid got the diamond. Uh, Dinah, war- or you know, there was a scene where in Dinah, the the 
the singer who is now the driver of 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 Roman actually warns Montoya about this situation and this was not presented very well in the film there there was actually a scene earlier when Montoya the detective asked Dinah to be an informant um Dinah actually said no but now she appears to be working as an informant for for Rene Montoya and then as Roman actually prepares to have Harley Quinn killed, she, Harley, offers to recover the diamond for him. And then Roman agrees, but Roman also places a bounty for Cassandra, who, which I think is around um, half a million dollars or something like that. And now we go back to the scene where harley quinn uh broke into the gcpd or the gotham city police district uh with his uh once again firework inspired non-lethal grenade launcher which is a lot too much which is a lot to say by the way but that's the official terminology of his of her weapon um they there was another great action scene where harley was in the prison area uh he was gonna rescue Cassandra, but the prison doors open, and so the prisoners attacked her. Uh, sprinkler, splink, sprinklers, and the alarm went on, and so the the, the jail area was semi flooded. Uh, she fought all the escaped prisoners with with the unique Harlequin uh, combat style that that she can only do, and um, it had the usual, you know, slow motion cuts. Just like what they did in Wonder Woman, but in in here they did it really well. There was not too much slow motion, um, unlike in Wonder Woman again, and um, and then Harley Quinn and Cassandra go to the next room, which was like a storage room for a really a ver variety of things. I assume it's where they store the weapons. And the stuff owned by the prisoners, and uh, maybe some of the stuff that they have stolen. And the coolest part of the scene was when Harley Quinn saw a baseball bat. It was even a very small scene that I don't think was highlighted very well. There was, so she saw a table at the middle of the fight scene, and the table has a baseball bat and a <laughs> and a. a and it's so it's a baseball bat with a chainsaw and like seeing the baseball bat made her very happy she had though like harley quinn is a very smiley character but she had the widest smile uh in the entire movie when she saw the, the baseball bat and she obviously ignored the chainsaw uh they had a great violent action scenes with the baseball bat Lots of arms and legs and heads were broken. It's definitely an R-rated action scene. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. The coolest scene was when Harley threw the baseball bat at the floor, bouncing to the head of one of the prisoners, knocking him down, and then the baseball bat sort of ricocheting back to Harley Quinn. It was, it was definitely a very cool scene. I think it's the coolest scene in the, in the entire movie. So anyway, unfortunately, the action scene, this particular um, action scene, ended with Harley shooting one of the attackers on the head. And um, obviously, this is this is realistic. I mean, Harley Quinn is definitely crazy. He would he, she would shoot you out of nowhere, uh, you know, just just 
out of you know whatever she's definitely not a stable character but i think any any sort of supernatural character in a superhero film and i would put harley quinn in that category it decreases their coolness factor if they use the gun um i think it's only the regular human characters who should use a gun in a superhero story so for example in marvel in uh the first captain america movie they actually used uh there was a scene where captain america used the gun and it made him less cool they never repeated it again with captain america or any other superheroes or any other supervillains in in the marvel universe because again it makes um it it makes the superhero or even supervillain less cool if they if they use a gun i mean i think the super the superhuman characters in the superhero story whether they are the hero or the villain they should just rely on their um abilities and 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 not you know and not use guns before we continue once again please do support my podcast give us a five star rating on your favorite podcast platform and also again please do give us some direct donations it would be a very big help for us um any amount really will do uh it would be a big help for us right now and once again the donate link is on the description page of this episode and so now going back um after escaping harley and cassandra actually bond um for a while while they hid at the apartment of harley quinn it was a twisted scene where the criminals like mentoring the younger generation and uh, and so um doc the taiwanese owner of the restaurant is actually approached for information by the quote-unquote crossbow killer um it was the funniest scene in the movie we go back to a flashback again and this was actually one of the better flashbacks of the movie the crossbow killer is revealed to be helena bertinelli she survived her family's massacre one of the mafia gang members um during the bertinelli family massacre was uh had a soft heart and actually adopted her the little girl um he brought her to his dad and his brother who are well-trained assassins and obviously they trained the little girl to become a well-trained assassin too um and then of course ever since helena has been targeting um members of the gangs of the or the gangster families that were responsible for her family's murder um it was a funny scene because there it was actually the funniest scene in the movie wherein it was a mini montage of all the people she killed um she likes to ask them something like what's my name and then all of the people she killed us said you're the crossbow killer like before they die they would say her name like you know you're the crossbow killer you're the crossbow killer and you're, you're the crossbow killer and then but then when she introduces herself it's like they people call me the huntress um by the way at this point um with all the narration all the back story of the movie i actually realized this movie would have been incredible if it was directed by quentin tarantino and obviously i don't know you know what's the backstory of this movie i don't know if they tried to approach him 
but you know Quentin Tarantino might be directing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at the same time they were um, shooting the movie Birds of Prey. Uh, I still hope that one day the day will come wherein Quentin Tarantino would actually make a superhero uh, a superhero movie. I think it's the one thing that's really that's not in his resume. So anyway, going back, Harley Quinn's apartment is later bombed by criminals looking for Cassandra, and then during you know the bombing, the I think their her entire room exploded. The hyena disappeared in the explosion. I actually thought the hyena died, and then Doc, you know, who was very sorrowful, he actually revealed that he sold out Harley Quinn. And so this is the sort of all is lost moment of the movie. It's the all is lost moment of the of Harlequin too. And this is the moment where she realized that this is you know this is business. This is serious. And she's very much like a, like she's a talented killer. So she doesn't really take things seriously. But here in this in this moment, Harlequin realizes that this is serious. Serious. And so Harley calls Roman and offers to turn in Cassandra um, in exchange for her protection. She doesn't want any trouble anymore. She doesn't want, you know, people sort of chasing and trying to kill her. Um, and then they agreed to meet in, uh, at a abandoned amusement park, which looks very um, CGI and very Harlequin. Uh, but it's cool. Like, I don't mind it. And then... Um, Dinah actually notifies Montoya about this, about this rendezvous, about this meeting, but actually Zas, you know, the the sort of right hand man of Roman, notices the betrayal uh, by actually seeing the, like overlooking the cell phone of Dinah, and he of course inform, informs Roman, and Roman becomes very much devastated, and. That's when he finally wore his black mask, uh, his black mask mask, you know, formed the army and he's gonna, he's gonna attack Harley Quinn. And then at the park, Harley Quinn ties up Cassandra with, with duct tape, making Cassandra lose her trust for Harley. Um, a major issue here is, of course, the men... The men that Roman hired, including Zaz, they will definitely cut Cassandra's stomach in half. You know, they would definitely like open up the the, the stomach and the guts of the of the kid just to get the diamond. And so, um, in the scenes, because Montoya was actually informed, Montoya confronts her Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn knocks her out of the window, and then Zaz arrives. He actually tranquilizes Harley before. Holding Dinah at gunpoint, but um, she's actually Zaz is actually killed by Helena, who Helena Bertinelli, you know the huntress, and the huntress reveals that Zaz was the last member of the family that actually murdered her family. And uh, by the way, this is the first time I actually encountered an assassin or a vigilante in the movie that actually finished their kill list or their murder list before the movie ended. So that was unique. 
uh, and so I mean Harley Quinn e- even applauded her in in that scene. Um, it was not very logical, but Cass unexplainably ex- escapes from the <laughs> from the duct tape captivity, and she pointed a gun at everyone. She of course was very angry to Har- Harley Quinn. She she pointed a gun to Harley Quinn, um, and this scene revealed how good of an actress. Uh, how good of an actress Ella J. Basco is. Ella J. Basco is the actress who plays, um, of course, Cassandra. I actually find out right now because I googled it that she's actually she's literally 13 years old. So my estimation was accurate about her age. And um, what I loved about her was. She again. She for me, she is the best actress in this in this movie. She was a serious actress, which stood out because everyone's everyone's sort of playing around. It was like, of course, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn is definitely acting. Margot Robbie is definitely a, a a great actress to be able to play this this amazing character. But the best, really, sort of dramatic acting came from 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 Cassandra from L. J. Basco, and. After that, she had another great acting scene when the army of Roman came and she actually felt that sense of dread that they were all coming. This, she said something like, they were all coming for, for me. And although she did not verbally mention it, the subtext of that scene is, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm definitely going to die. Like all this, like the entire mob family is after me and they're just going to, they're just going to cut me open and just kill me so they can get the diamond in my stomach. And, you know, although, again, although she did not voice that out, you can see that, you can feel that in her acting. And that's why I think she's the best actress in this, um, in this movie. And again, Montoya returns and then a standoff ensues. Until they realize that again, Roman has arrived with with the small army of mass criminals. They are the the mass criminals are actually known as False Face Society, and um, I don't know if this was a comic book thing, but they did not mention that in the movie that this this gang is actually actually known as the False Face Society. They have like a variety of masks. Uh, the the masks what was definitely not uniformed. And so a fight scene occurs between Harley and the Birds of Prey and Roman's gang. It was a mediocre fight scene, unlike the one that we had earlier with Harley at the police station. It was also frustrating that Dinah was the one that used a baseball bat during this fight scene. And Harley Quinn had to use a mallet. I mean, Harley was so happy earlier when she saw the baseball bat. And now she just lets Dinah use it. I mean, it's very unrealistic. Um, this entire fight scene, I know it, it might have lasted five, maybe ten minutes. There was only one good scene in the entire battle. Um, it was when Harley hit one of the gang members in the face with, with the mallet. And the blood exploded everywhere. Other than that, it was a very mediocre fight scene. And then during this battle, Cassandra was actually captured by Roman. While um, Dinah finally reveals that she is metahuman, this is actually the terminology that that DC uses. They even use this in their TV show. So metahuman is the term for sort of people with, or you know, sort of 
just just about anyone, whether they're people or whether they're somebody like 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 Wonder Woman or or Aquaman who came from another world, just sort of beings with superhuman abilities, meta-human is their terminology. Um, her ability is officially named uh, supersonic level screaming, which I think um, in execution. In execution, it's a very loud shockwave that could knock down dozens of people, maybe more than a dozen. I don't know. Um, I actually hope that she used this ability more in this movie. Uh, however, since she only used it once, I like the line that Harley used in the narration where she said something like, um, "I told you she had a killer voice." So yeah, that was that was that was sort of cute. That was sort of funny. And then Harley gives uh, Harley gives a, a chase scene uh, using her roller skates uh, with the help of Helena. Uh, with you know, she actually so Helena has a motor as a bike, a, mot- a motorcycle, and then um, Harley sort of uh, sort of held. Through a, I, I think a rope or like a stick, so that she can use the speed of the motorcycle to speed her up, and so they can chase Ronan who was escaping through a car. This was a small chase scene, but it was cool because the last time I I saw a car chase scene between a car and roller skates is actually in a very little known Jackie Chan movie titled Wheels on Meals. If you are interested, this is actually in Amazon. I literally just checked it right now. Um, this is a really awful, really bad comedy. But the fight scenes and the aforementioned car chase in Wheels on Meals, it was phenomenal. So anyway, I digress. Going back. And so we get to a nearby pier, which again was obviously designed with the CGI. Um, it's the final confrontation of the movie. Roman prepares to kill Cassandra. But Cassandra actually pulls the ring from a grenade that she actually slipped in Roman's jacket uh, earlier after taking it. You know, there was a scene where she took it from, from Harley Quinn's chest. And then Harley was able to throw Roman off of the pier just before the grenade detonates. And of course, the explosion kills Roman. And then in the aftermath of destroying uh, the criminal empire of Black Mask, Harley and the Birds of Prey, they actually liquidated the diamond and the bank account of the Bertinelli family. Um, Montoya quits the police department. uh, And then with the money and the the accounts hidden for the Bertinelli family inside the diamond, uh, so Montoya and then Dinah and um, Huntress Helena Bertinelli, they actually established the vigilante team, which is the Birds of Prey. And so um, Harley and Cassandra escape. They actually sold the actual diamond itself and started their own contract killing business, which was not really presented well in this movie. I didn't remember any of that. Um the last scene of the movie was a very feel-good scene. Harley Quinn and Cassandra, they were eating egg and bacon sandwich, which, of course, we had seen earlier when the sandwich fell from 
Harley Quinn's hands. Um, also, they were able to get back the hyena uh, that Harley Quinn revealed in narration that that the, the the hyena was just wandering on the streets. And uh, again, the hyena died. I thought the hyena died in the explosion, but you know, again, great ending. It's a feel good scene. Harley and Cassandra eating a sandwich, and they're back with the hyena. And then there was actually a. You may not know, but there was actually a post-credit audio se- sequence at the you know right after the the end credits. You know during the logo already of Warner Warner Brothers, wherein Harley was about to reveal a secret about Batman, but the film ends in the middle of the sentence, and I, I actually really love that. I actually really love that. And so now we are going to the financials of uh, Birds of Prey. And we're going to talk about the seven reasons why. Seven reasons why Birds of Prey failed at the box office. And actually why Suicide Squad did not fail. Because now we have this chance of, um, of an apples to apples comparison. Because once again it really blows my mind every time a good movie uh, fails at the box office, and I, you know, I, I Suicide Squad isn't really a bad movie. It's not a terrible movie. It, it was just not. It was not just not as good. It was just not as good, you know. And and obviously made it obviously made a huge box office, right? And so, um, so let's 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 go ahead with the comparison. So for Birds of Prey, the movie actually made. Uh, so the budget for Birds of Prey is eighty-two to a hundred million dollars, and the box office is actually two hundred one point nine million dollars. So eighty-two to a hundred budget, two hundred one point nine million dollars is the box office. So in face value, if you know hundred million budget with two hundred million box office, it seems like a good deal. I mean. If you have, let's say, $100 and you invested that in a product or maybe a set of products and then you sold it and you earned $200 from your $100 you know, dollar investment and then, then you doubled your money, right? If, you know, if we're just going to do simple you know, business on the streets, you doubled your money. But of course, the film business is much more complicated than that. There's actually a saying in Hollywood that nobody knows anything. And that is true in some respect. The easiest explanation I can give uh, to everyone is, aside from getting the money back outright, we have to take into account the cinemas and the theater houses that obviously air air these movies. Um, these theater houses, the cinemas, they can take something up to 50 to 60 uh, percent of the revenue and this is why most movies have to at least triple their earnings from the budget and you know sort of just doubling doubling the the earnings it's not really enough not not enough to to not to even like uh I think that's just a break-even point for the for for the studios. So you have they have to at least make 
times uh, three so that uh, they could, you know, so that you can say that the, the movie made income and the money earned. Um, international sales are also not that reliable, especially with the government and tariffs where in the countries where you air these movies, you know, internationally, these countries through tariffs, they want to keep most of the money and have that money stay um, in their countries. And so we're going to compare Birds of Prey to Suicide Squad because, of course, Suicide Squad was the exact reverse where in the, 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 the critics murdered Suicide Squad, but it was a box office hit. And in fact, if, if Birds of Prey had a hundred million budget and made roughly around 200 million, Suicide Squad had a budget that is bigger. The budget is 100, 175 million. However, the box office that Suicide Squad made is 746.8 million. Yeah, they, you know, it's almost like a, it's a 700 percent increase compared to their budget so obviously suicide squad was a was a big success and so we're gonna go now you know we're gonna go to you know each of the seven reasons as to why you know i i actually did extensive research on this i i you know try to really find out what 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 the heck happened here what what happened to birds of prey and why really it failed in the box office and i actually found seven reasons and here's the reason number one there was a lot of hooks there was a lot of hooks for the audience to watch suicide squad so for example harley quinn looks super cool and super sexy in the trailer also back then we were curious how margot robbie would play harley quinn how she would handle the, lo- the role. Most people know her already as a great actress. Um, she was known as the woman from Wolf of Wall Street, which was also a critically acclaimed movie. Her performance there was also critically acclaimed. And um, part of the hooks that that sort of attracted audience to Suicide Squad is, of course, Will Smith and just the you know the star power the star power of Will Smith and to some extent Ben Affleck who was, you know, had a little scene, you know, Batman. They were really able, you know, these these are sort of superstar actors, A-list actors known all over the world. And they would obviously attract uh, a certain sector of audience, a lot of audiences actually. We were also curious, curious in 2016 uh, 2016 is obviously the year Suicide Squad was released. We were curious back then how Jared Leto would play Joker, especially after the masterful performance of Heath Ledger. And um, at 2016, that was already an eight-year uh, gap between between Heath Ledger's Joker to the 2016 Joker of Jared Leto. Uh, Jared Leto. Obviously, right now... Um, this this uh the people in 2016 haven't seen the Joaquin Phoenix performance yet which is of course much more superb compared to Jared Leto's performance but 
that was 2019. 2016, the people don't know that yet. And so, since people are curious how Jared Leto would handle the Joker, um, that obviously attracted uh, people into the cinemas. And I think I understand where they made the mistake, where particularly DC and Warner Brothers, who were the sort of the big companies behind this movie, um, everyone, once again, everyone and and their mothers in 2016 and onwards, everyone basically said Harley Quinn is the best part of Suicide Squad. And this is, this is true. And although this is true, this is probably why the powers that be, again, you know, the executives and whoever has the power to green light, you know, movies in DC and Warner Brothers. And this is why they focused on Harley Quinn. Although it's true that, you know, she was the best uh, uh, thing in Suicide Squad. The reasons that I mentioned earlier, such as Will Smith and, you know, the curiosity of the the people on how Margot Robbie would play Harley Quinn and how, you know, just, just the curiosity of the people. Uh... That those were all reasons why people, you know, went ahead and really put out their money to to watch Suicide Squad in cinemas. And you know, imagine this: if you remove Will Smith, remove Jared Leto, remove the Croc, who is, you know, not really explored much in the trailer, but you know, somebody who just looks interesting. Remove the guy who can control fire from Suicide Squad, or from at least from the trailer or the marketing Suicide Squad. I think that the movie would also do poorly. And also, in addition to the sort of marquee actors like Will Smith and, again, Ben Affleck, who promoted uh, Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, on the contrast, it only had Margot Robbie and the Harley Quinn character. That's only one marquee actor and one marquee character. And, you know, as it turns out, it was not enough to to sell a movie and then the second reason that i found is even if you don't know the characters in suicide squad like Killshot, again like croc like that guy who can control fire you have an idea on what their special ab- abilities are just by looking at them right in birds of Frey, I think Birds of Prey should have spent the trailer highlighting the special abilities of the other characters, you know, the other women, not just Harley Quinn. Even the the villain, you know, as much as I have really criticized the villain for not really being that strong, they should have highlighted that more also in the in the in the uh, trailer. I think that the members of the 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 Birds of Prey, I think they were all interesting. Uh, for example, Dinah has a shockwave voice with a superhuman or, you know, metahuman ability. Cassandra is a unique and, you know, he was a, a world-class pickpocket at a very young age. Huntress is a great assassin. She has a great look. You know, the the crossbow makes her unique and badass. Also, you know... um. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the, the the actress who played Huntress, 
she's not a big name, but she has, you know, she's the she's the girlfriend of Scott Pilgrim in the Scott Pilgrim movie. Um, I believe her TV show, The Blacklist, it did it did pretty well in the ratings. I mean, they they keep renewing the 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 that that TV show for for the next season. So there's you know there's some audience who do know uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I didn't even know that she was part of this movie. I only found out about it when I was watching it. And then Montoya is of course um she doesn't have I think any special abilities other than generic, you know, fighting skills, sort of cop skills because she is a detective, but she could be the leader of the group, the the mentor for everyone. And they did not highlight any of this in the trailer. And it it was so easy to highlight them. I mean, again, each of these characters have something unique in them. There was a scene in the movie where Huntress killed five mafia members in, in five seconds. It was so easy to highlight it. And again, they did not highlight that. They just focused on Harlequin, Harlequin, Harlequin for the trailers and the marketing. And obviously, that wasn't enough to sell the movie. And then um, we go to the third reason that I found. The third reason is part of the marketing of Suicide Squad is its amazing soundtrack. Truly amazing soundtrack. They had songs like um, Heathens and uh, Sucker for Pain and uh, Purple Lamborghini. Y'all remember that song? Purple Lamborghini. I love that song. And these were all great songs. They were the songs that were very much in with the music at that time. And you know what's really frustrating about Birds of of Prey? They actually had a great soundtrack for this movie. And they they had the songs. They had the songs. They, They just didn't market the songs. I mean, for instance, they had songs like The Diamonds Are Girl's Best Friend by Megan Thee Stallion and Normani. They had the, you know, <laughs> the Boss Biatch song by Doja Cat. They had this Sway With Me remix by Sawiti and Gosara. I don't even know how to pronounce their names. Their names are awesome. Their song is awesome. But, you know, I don't know how to pronounce their, their names. But their songs were great. They had the song Jokes On You by Charlotte Lawrence. And, you know, I believe they didn't sell these songs really as much as, you know, the song Heathens and Sucker for Pain and Purple Lamborghini, as much as those songs, you know, the way Suicide Squad sold their, their movie to be connected with those songs. So, again, Birds of Prey did not really market these, Birds of Prey did not market the movie in relation to these songs, which are actually great songs. And that's obviously a big miss. That's obviously a big misfire to the promotions and the, the marketing team of, of this movie. And then the fourth reason that I found is it was actually released the same week as the Academy Awards. And of course, the Academy Awards attracted all the, the press and the media and the attention. And of course... All the, the the attention and the media that you know were attracted to the Academy Awards. It's not just the awards or the entire you know the entire cer- cer- ceremony that that got the attention. Of course, the movies 
the entries in the Academy Awards 2020, obviously those movies would be highlighted. And what does that mean if those movies are highlighted? Obviously, the highlight is not in in Suicide Squad, right? So, like, and this year, actually 2020, we had some really good entries, such as Joker, which is another um, DC movie. We have, you know, the, the fantastic comedy Jojo Rabbit, the, the fantastic um, family dramas like, like A Marriage Story, you know, of course, Parasite, which won Best Picture. And for those of you who don't know, Best Picture means it's the best movie of the year. And, you know, Parasite is super deserving to be the best picture. picture. So, yeah, all those, all those things, the, you know, releasing a movie at the same uh, week at, at the Academy Awards, that obviously took some attention from, from Birds of Prey into this really big big awarding ceremony and put all of the highlights of both the critics and the media and the movie fans to the academy awards instead of to the you know birds of prey release and number five the fifth reason is actually very simple but uh the title of the movie should have been harley quinn and the birds of prey it's super simple the title, if you know, they really want to focus on Harley Quinn, they should have titled it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Um, we all love Buck, Buck, Bucky Barnes, but the Winter Soldier character, it was actually introduced in a movie that is titled Captain America dot dot The Winter Soldier. Captain America The Winter Soldier is the title of the movie. The title of the movie is led by Captain America, who is the marquee character. That movie, it's actually my favorite Marvel movie of all time. Um, I love that movie. It's not titled The Winter Soldier and the Fantabulous Whatever of Captain America. They didn't give it that title. You know why? Because that title doesn't sell. You know what title sells? Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Such a simple title, yet they didn't do it. And then we go to number six. The sixth reason, and this involves Will Smith again. Bad, bad Boys for Life stole the thunder. Um, bad Boys for Life actually exceeded expectations of both the fans and the critics. Full disclosure, I haven't seen Bad Boys for Life. I am planning to watch it soon. But... When I first saw the trailer for Bad Boys for Life, I actually had uh, I had a bad feeling in my uh, I don't know where I felt it probably in my chest or in my stomach or in my stomach. It didn't feel as awesome as Bad Boys Two, which is a movie that I loved as a kid. It felt like a smaller movie, but you know, to be fair, it felt similar to the Bad Boys, you know, the original one, the one that was that was from the 90s and that one i have seen that was actually a pretty good movie so bad boys for life had the same feeling as the first bad boys movie and even if this felt like a smaller movie but again it exceeded expectations everyone's expectations it exceeded the critics expectations it was actually a good movie um exceeded the expectations of the fans and um true enough bad boys for life had a budget of 90 million and guess what 
guess what box office it made? 90 million, it made a box office of 400 million. So, ironically, what happened is Will Smith made a, a sequel that stole the thunder off a movie that could have been a sweet sequel that had Will Smith in it. Will Smith made a sequel that stole the thunder off a movie that could have been a sequel that had Will Smith in it. By the way, shout-outs to Mr. Will Smith. I love you, sir. I'm a fan of both, you know, your acting and your, you as, you know, as in your personal life. Yeah, it just really proves that Will Smith is a big star. You know, it's not perfect. He has some flops on his belt, but it it just proves here how big of a star Will Smith is. He can... You know his presence can determine the 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 flop and the box office success of of a movie. And finally, the reason, the final reason why I think um, Bridge of Prey failed in the box office is the rated R. You know the R rating. Um, Bridge of Prey did not need an R rating to be entertaining and a good movie. They could have done some really good. Uh, action and fight choreography as i mentioned dc is pretty good at this but actually in this movie they were inconsistent they had some you know they had some good fight scenes in the middle of the movie and then the finale fight scene for some reason was very mediocre uh, in birds of prey they were trying to channel deadpool and quentin tarantino but the execution kind of sucked unfortunately and so the R-rated crowd did not flock into the theaters. Because, I mean, I think some people might look down on, the, on, on R-rated movies, but the R-rated crowd actually requires a, some pretty high, you know, some pretty high standards. I mean, look at, the, you know, what was the latest R-rated movie that got box office success? I think it's Joker, right? So really, the, the audiences today, they're not just... You know, if it's an R-rated movie, they're not just looking for, like, exploitation movies. Like what we had in the 80s and the 70s. People today, if you're, if you're going to make your movie R-rated, then you better make it good. Because if it's not good, we're not going to watch it. That's how people are today. And of course, since Birds of Prey had an R-rating, the kids and the parents with kids, obviously, they did not flock the theater. And the cinemas because they literally could not because it's it's not a movie for them, and so the 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 kids and the you know and the parents of the kids did not watch Birds of Prey. The the R-rated movie lovers did not watch it, and so you know that's the reason why it only made two hundred million worldwide. And so now finally we're gonna go to the J's ratings. What is the, what is the after all the good things and the bad things that I have said about Birds of Prey? What is the total score that I'm giving it after everything? As I said, you know, there was some things I like about it. There were some things I didn't like about it. All in all, I actually enjoyed the movie. I had fun watching it, and so I'm gonna give it a Jace ratings for Birds of Prey, sixty-five percent. Rotten Tomatoes, I think Rotten Tomatoes gave a score that's too high, but Rotten Tomatoes actually gave 
this will be a score of 78%. And so that is the score of the critics of Rotten Tomatoes. The audience of Rotten Tomatoes gave it a score of 78%. Um, again, I think, I think that score is too high. But, you know, it's Rotten Tomatoes. They're a, bit, a little bit higher anyway. You know who gives lower scores and who are pretty strict when it comes to scoring? It's IMDb actually and Meta, Metacritic especially. So IMDb actually gave this movie a score of 6.2 out of 10. So that's obviously closer to my 65% rating. Metacritic gave this movie 60 out of 100. So again, kind of close to my score. So like... If Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 78%, IMDb gave it a 6.2, Metacritic gave it a 6, 60 out of 100, and I'm 65, I'm a little bit in the middle of them, but I am also sort of in the lower, I'm in the lower, lower score end of the spectrum. So that's it, that's the J's rating for Birds of Prey. Thank you once again, everyone from around the world. Thank you for listening to the episode. Before we continue, please do support my podcast. Give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Also, please do give us some direct donations via PayPal. It will be a very big help for us. Any amount would do. I'm going to place the donate link on on the description page of this episode. Have a great week. Have a great day. Have a great month. Have a great year, everyone. You know, I love you all. Once again, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.